Welcome to Just A Chat With, a video podcast series where we talk branding and creativity with the world's best in class. In this podcast, we hope to inspire creativity and bravery in you. This podcast is proudly brought to you in partnership with the One Club for Creativity and powered by Made Brave, a global strategic brand agency. We help brands find their brave. Hey guys, Andrew Dobie here and welcome to this episode of Just a Chat With. In our previous episode, we sat down with Chris Dole, who's an award-winning designer, director, based out of California. He is the CEO and founder of The Future, which is an online education platform with a mission of teaching one billion people how to make a living doing what they love through various online courses and tools and helping them build better design skills and better creative businesses. His YouTube, The Future, has now opened for 1.8 million subscribers and the episode was amazing if you haven't checked that out go do so now before now we've also had people in the podcast like Vayner Media Chief Heart Officer Claude Silver multidisciplinary illustrator and designer Wacko Chico and brand expert Marty Newmeyer Today, however, in this episode, I sit down with Betty NFT, who's the co-founder and director of Deadfellas, which is an NFT collection and community web-free metaverse brand. Uh, we sit down with her in her home in uh, Australia. We talk about all about the future of NFTs, the metaverse, and where the digital world is taking us. One of my most enjoyable episodes to date. Enjoy. So hello and welcome to this episode of Just a Chat With. I'm your host, Andrew Dobby. Today, I am really, really excited. And I mean really excited because we have none other than Betty NFT, who is the co-founder and director of Dead Fellas, uh, which is the NFT collection and community. And perhaps you could say a Web3 metaverse brand. Um, the Dead Fellas collection of 10,000 NFTs sold out within 20 minutes of launch on the 13th of September, Friday the 13th of September, no less, and has since traded over 46 million US dollars um, via NFTs. With the Dead Fellas token uh, comes culture, art, and community. Um, and they are here um, with the, the love of art and uh, the evolution and gamification on IP and NFT tech. Um, they have big plans and focus on innovating within the NFT space and empowering their holders in many creative ways moving forward. Etty's role with Dead Fellas as one of the two co-founders, along with her husband and Dead Fella illustrator, Syke, who have handled everything from concept development, community engagement, brand outreach, to marketing, innovation, and experience design. Need stuff done? Ask a busy person. Uh, Betty is also the co-director of a creative production agency um, for the last 11 years, servicing AAA brands and corporations globally, and um, yeah, has been in the industry for 11 years. Betty, thank you so much for joining us. Um, great to have you here. I think you are you are our first fully anonymous guest on the show, so you're here um, just as an avatar, <laughs> um, and you yeah. have the most exciting story. Um, so Thanks, please, could you, could you start with telling us, uh, just talk us through that. Cool, yeah. Well, thank you for having me, first of all. It's a pleasure to be on the show and to be talking to you. Um, it's always funny listening to someone introduce me because <laughs> I'm like, oh gosh, you know, when someone's <laughs> listing all of the, the things I that we've that. done. <laughs> yes. yes, it can be quite confronting when I hear it listed like that. Um, yeah, so I am 
Betty. I am um, in Australia with my husband. We've created this NFT project. Uh, we're, we're in creative production. We have been for a long time. Um, and, you know, we've just entered this space uh, last year. We began in NFTs around uh, January last year. It was Psych was introduced to the NFT space via some friends in his art collective, um, Depthcore. And um, he kind of saw it as an opportunity immediately to just have a bit more of a creative outlet because I guess working in the agency um, business, it can be quite creatively stifling sometimes. So, um, yep. yeah, he, he was doing that. We were in pretty difficult situation um, across the board, really, with the pandemic and, um, you know, running your own business sure. is very difficult through a pandemic. So, um, we'd experienced... I hear you. <laughs> Yeah, you know all about that. Um, we'd experienced bushfires and um, mm. sickness and all kinds of things um, just leading up to, to last year. So it we were in a, a pretty pretty bad spot and um, we saw NFTs as uh, this kind of hopeful space where we could build and work alongside other creatives um, to do something really fun with this new technology. And so we just threw ourselves into it and the rest is history, really. It's been a, a really crazy ride since then. Yeah, so 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 that was January last year. Now this is interesting because any time I read about anyone's NFT story, there's 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 such a short period of time, isn't there, between the you know the idea of like thinking about it. I mean, I you know people and I, I listened to an interview of him the other day, and he talked about yeah. So literally one year ago, someone introduced me to the idea of NFTs, and then suddenly sells his whole Instagram feed for sixty nine million. So. If you don't mind, like, talk to me about the timeline from January to, you know, leading up to what date were we? We, were, um, we said 13th of September that you launched the collection. What, yeah. How did you, how did you first of all come up with the the idea? And for, you know, obviously for everyone listening, they don't know, uh, or, they, or, they, or or a lot of them won't know the, the collection. So if you can maybe go in a little bit about what Dead Fellas is and how did you get from nothing being introduced to NFTs <laughs> to that launching? <laughs> yeah, sure. So um, I like to, I always say like NFT, the time in NFT, it's kind of like dog years. It just moves like in a completely different <laughs> so um, speed. It's, so everything is moving very, very, very fast. It's like I've given that analogy before where um, there's an episode of The Simpsons where Lisa finds like a little um petri dish like a tooth and uh the tooth kind of grow, grows a colony you know every time she looks back it's like evolved at a crazy speed that is the nft space to me it's um you know i you, know, you log on to twitter and something crazy has happened and everything's changed again so things yeah. move very quickly and we're adaptive um i think because we were pushed into a bit of a corner we were just ready to throw ourselves into anything that provided an opportunity for us and the skill set that we both have um, combined just happened to be really kind of optimized for this this NFT stuff. So for anyone that doesn't know what NFTs are, which, you know, some people don't. Um, so yeah. NFT stands for non-fungible token. And it's just kind of... I think of most people don't know what they are. <laughs> I think we can, yeah, you know, there's only a few of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's hard um, to, to think about that. But yeah, there's loads of people that don't. So NFTs, they're non-fungible tokens. And non-fungible basically means that it's non-interchangeable. Like it, it can't be changed. Um, it can be any digital media 
Um, so, you know, think art, well, I mean, the first application that we've seen to this technology is, is mostly art and music and, you know, moving images and that sort of thing. Um, but it can really be applied to anything. It's attached to the blockchain, which is like a digital ledger. Um, and so there's like a, a record of ownership, which presents a really unique opportunity for so many different industries. You know, I see this kind of going through property and, education and all of those things anyway we're working um on it in in the art space so we uh we kind of identified this opportunity psych had been approached a few times to um be the artist on other people's projects and i had spent quite a bit of time lurking in the background um learning as much as i could about (laughs) about the space and kind of absorbing as much as i could yeah, just I've been I've been in the background for months. You've got you've got a lot for a while, haven't you? You need to you need yeah. to get your head into all before you before you start to try and talk because there's there's, yeah, there's so totally. much to learn, isn't there? It's so new and it can be so intimidating. And so yeah, I, I spent quite a bit of time sat back um, learning, but um, you know, I quickly saw the opportunity as psych was being approached so much, and I was I knew I know my own skills so. I was like, we should just do our own project. This was around, when was this? Maybe June at that point. Um, the idea for Deadfellas mm-hmm. itself came very, very quickly. It was like, um, so we're horror fans. We spend a lot of time watching horror movies and um, we're very passionate about pop culture and gaming and fashion and you know animation, comics, all of those things. And so we took inspiration from everything that we love and threw it into into zombies, which sounds it might sound a bit weird, but we had been speaking uh, recently around that time about kind of the cultural fascination of zombies and how it's gone through pop mm-hmm. culture, um, mm-hmm. and it just keeps coming back. It's just it's like a, I guess a it does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's like when it's VR crazy. launched, every game on <laughs> VR, like when the Oculus launched, and everything. They're all zombie games. It's like it's like the first thing that comes out on every new piece of technology. Yeah, we love it. We love it. Suckers for zombies. So I and I like it too. So I was like, well, you know, I wanted to kind of hit that niche between a little bit spooky and a little bit edgy and also cute and well designed because you know we're big on design and big on art. So I I wanted to bring something that was well crafted and inclusive and diverse um to the nft space so that's what we did and we worked really 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 hard because we were also running the agency and we were also in lockdown with three children so it was just a very intense time (laughs) yeah um but we got there and we launched i had set the date um the 13th of august because it was friday the 13th and i was like we just have to launch on that date like there's no option we cannot of course launch on friday the 13th so we was that, a uh, that is a good, a good marketeer. That's a good marketeer. You're a, <laughs> you're a PR person as well. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we just kind of went for that date and worked really hard, mm-hmm. and you know, and we got there, and we were <laughs> wrecked at the time because we <laughs> we launched at two a.m. Australian time because uh, that was like the optimal time for um, the Northern Hemisphere, which is where a lot of the people are from in the space at the moment with it being such a small space. Um, And yeah, just watching it sell out at two in the morning. um, 
Right. Well, you've you've skipped hilarious. you've skipped too far. You've skipped too far, right? Because you can't just <laughs> you can't just jump. There's no there's no way I'm letting you just jump to yeah, and then they just sold out, right? Because so on then, how? So, on. Right? so so first of all, right, for anyone listening, so there's ten thousand yeah. NFTs in this collection. That's right. Yes. And yeah. if, if I understand it correctly, Psych has to illustrate about four hundred different assets that become variables. Yeah, mm-hmm. that then you run through an algorithm to then generate yes. 10,000 algorithm, uh, 10,000 NFTs that can be minted. And for those listening, minting is creating uh, or birthing, almost birthing an NFT into the blockchain, isn't it? Correct. Yeah, it's attaching it to the to the blockchain. Um, and yeah, he it it was over 400. It was closer to five or 600, and we had wow. to whittle it down because we we just. We were having so much fun designing it. Um, <laughs> we were listening to all kinds of music and, you know, we had like cartoons on yeah. in the background and taking inspiration from, you know, people we know and people we've seen in different eras in time. And it was so fun. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so all of those unique traits. Um, mm. And, and so when you, <laughs> once, you, once you generate this, these, these NFTs, right, yes. if I get this right, and, you know, for, for those listening, is some of them will be rarer than others because when you mint one, you don't know which combination of eyes and face and, you know, color, et cetera, that, that, that builds mm-hmm. the character. So some of them become much more rare than others, which then, I suppose, almost like when you open Pokemon, you know, you don't know. You don't know if you're going to get a Charizard or not. And is that is that the same with Dead Fellas? Like you, you will, you may yeah. mint something that becomes much rarer than someone else's in the collection. Yes, um, we approached rarity in a in a slightly different way um, mm-hmm. to most collections. In that we kind of went for statistical rarity based on the combination of degrades uh in the mm-hmm. in the characters so for most collections you'll find traits like say the blue hat um shows up the least in the collection therefore the blue hat is the rarest um yep. whereas we had all of the traits mostly equally weighted um and it was every single mm-hmm. trait has a different level of degrade so we've got the fresh traits which is like you know the new zombies and then we've got yep. um the damaged ones and then we've got the rotten ones and so if you get like one say you get one dead fella with like five of the traits and they're all fresh or they're all damaged mm-hmm. or they're all rotten then that one will be rarer than the other ones and there are secret traits then that come up so some of the rotten traits show up like completely new traits like um an eight ball for an eye or like a 13 tattoo on the mm. forehead and those are not listed so there's like little easter eggs that people have to find just by getting to know yep. the collection and yeah, so we wanted to do it a bit more gamified, I guess, than, than yeah. typical, no, which so is cool. really fun. And, and right, okay, so he's scribbling away, he's illustrating all these assets, you know, we're building <laughs> this out, we've got kind of that, right, so you've got to find and got to build the awareness and the noise and the hype to find 10,000 people to buy these nfts and you know as you know nfts are still so new so there's so many there's so many hurdles right there's technology hurdles there's financial hurdles there's like awareness hurdles <laughs> how do you, you know, like, tell, me, talk me through the strategy how do you how did you know that when i launch on friday the 13th i'm gonna i've got ten thousand people ready and waiting that are going to buy these and because like it's amazing. You sold out in 20 minutes. It's not like it sold out in 20 days and you had like a campaign running and, you know, awareness. It's 20 minutes. And yeah. am, am I right in saying it was 9 million US dollars that the first batch sold for? 
Um, no, it was oh, – how much was it? I think it was closer to one and a half in the immediate sellout, in the immediate okay. mint, and then it was it was about nine within the first month on top of that. Um, yeah, it was wild. So <laughs> – it's almost incredible. Take, take that in for a second. <laughs> yeah, take that in for a second. And like, this is your moment to stop and have a little rest and go, wow, well done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I say the words and I, it's almost, I feel like, is this even real? But it is. And here we are. Um, so, yeah, getting to that point was just a matter of, this is so cliche, but it was just a self-belief thing. Like I mm. knew as soon as we created the base, the base design of what we wanted to see. And I knew all of the surrounding intention, um, you know, the inclusivity and the diversity and the community. And I knew mm. where we wanted to take the project because we, we had it straight away. Cause it's just things that we want to see in the yeah. world. I think that's kind of the key. Um, mm. And so we were just, we're just very authentic. Like I know that I am anonymous and that Psych is anonymous, but we are ourselves behind this avatar. Like I'm speaking to you yeah. now as I would speak to you in a cafe or a pub. Like I am myself bringing yeah. something that I'm very passionate about to the world. And it just so happens that it hit a niche that hadn't been hit yet. So it just, I knew it was going to do well. And so my focus before launch because back then, um, there were gas wars. So gas wars is when when you're minting something, and a lot of people try and mint it at the same time. The gas that it takes yeah. um, to actually process the transactions and the actions on the blockchain just goes through the roof and ends up being insanely expensive. And it's kind of whoever yeah. can can get that um, gets in and gets the NFT. Whereas now there's like reserved lists and all sorts of things, but. Um, I wanted to avoid gas wars and I wanted to make sure that as many new people to NFTs had a chance to, um, to get in. And so my focus was reducing hype, which sounds a bit weird, <laughs> but it was, um, yeah, it was kind of a, a bit of a stealth situation. So we were, I was putting out content that I knew was, would do well and it was getting attention, but it was a matter of like dampening it a bit. That's not going to be applicable. Before, <laughs> never. <laughs> so my, I know, I know it sounds strange, but my intention was I wanted a slow and steady launch because I'd seen a lot of these projects just, you know, get pumped mm. completely and then just dump straight off afterwards. Whereas I wanted the chance to build real connection with people. And so prior to the launch, we were just focused on um, providing opportunity for people to really connect with each other on, on levels that, mm. that meant they were forming real relationships. So we had in our discord, we, um, coded like a really simple game. Um, and it was like a zombie survival game. And we wrote all these hilarious ways that you died. And it was just kind of a, you enter a, um, a command in the chat and you either win, um, you either yeah. won a dead fella or you died and there was only so much chance to win we'd coded in like the statistics and stuff and so people were so, just coming back to the discord and getting to know each other so this was all pre-launch so the pre-launch you're building the community the discord so you're getting yeah. everyone over there and already giving them stuff to feel like they're part of it so that they want to then buy into it 
That's it. Yeah. So we were building that um, just slowly. Like I didn't care. I didn't care about the numbers. I didn't care. There was there was 20 people and I was just chatting about mm-hmm. zombie movies to the same two people in France for two weeks. Like it didn't bother me at all because we were forming relationships and then those people mm-hmm. are more likely to bring other people in and, and it's, it's more of an authentic thing. I get kind of um, mm-hmm. alarm bells when you see, you know, discords immediately now where they're like 30,000 people in the discord and everyone's celebrating, but like who knows each other and what relationships have been formed. Yeah. And, you know, so yeah, I just want, I think that when people have an emotional connection to something, um, mm-hmm. you're more likely to do well. And to have something that really means something to people. So that so was this my is focus. important. Can I can I jump in here, Betty? Because this is important. I think you've nailed something that you know. I, I talk to so many people about NFTs just because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited in that space, and I'm, you know, and <laughs> yeah. everyone asks, usually looks blankly at you, and they all, you know, everyone's focused on, you know, you hear a lot of maybe independent artists on their own. I try to sell an NFT, and I, no one's bought it, and I'm like, you're kind of missing the point in a sense that this the the my dead fellas is successful here in my understanding is that you're building a tribe you're building a community and it just so happens that we're using the nfts to crowdfund to to crowdfund that the funds to to be able to empower that and to build something beyond that moment isn't it and yeah yeah, i I think it's like you it's it's clever the fact that and, and i think you're right it's like you know, yeah, you could go and get Discord, pull 30,000 people into it, but there's no connection there. Is it going to thrive? And maybe you've done it that nice way in terms of like, that, and that's where the success is coming from, is like you've built that hype slowly, as you said, or or, or try to lack of hype, which makes more hype, right? It makes more people want in. Um, yeah. But, um, uh, you know, it's, it's yeah, there's it, something special there that I think that, that is why you've seen the success, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. And I think that that emotional connection can be seen in... A lot of collections um, and even, you know, with a lot of the the one-of-one art that you see, it's it's people that are engaged in the community and they've, they've formed relationships and um, it yeah. means something to them to collect someone else's artwork or um, to have, you know, someone else collect theirs. It's, um, mm. it's a, a funny thing because the relationship between the creator and the collector is so different than in the real world. Um, or in any other industry, I guess, that's come before this. Um, so it's just kind of a, a perfect situation where I know how to do that and um, and I enjoy doing that. And I genuinely enjoy being a part of mm-hmm. the community that we've built in Deadfellas. So it's it's really great. Yeah. And, and, and you know, for, for again, for those listening that are just getting their head, wrapping their head around this, there's a, there's a lot to take in and... <laughs> Um, you know, one thing that really interests me and what I love about NFTs is that it's the power back and the financial power and financial reward back to creators and artists, you know, and I think, you know, for, for years and years gone by, we've seen the big platforms reaping the benefit from creators. So Facebook and Google and all these places that have an Instagram, etc., you know, where creators go and essentially make the platform for these places but aren't making the monetary rewards and i think the really nice shift here is it's turning everything upside down where you know you're you're able to do what you've just done but then also as these nfts um sell on the secondary market on places like OpenSea, um that that you're allowed to dial into the smart contract that a portion of the secondary sale comes back to the original creator and, and i just love that because i i feel like you know if, if you're if you're someone who's a painter and you paint something, but you don't, 
you're not famous by the time you've sold your painting. You make a very small amount and then it's the collectors that make money thereafter. And I, I think the really nice model here is that a portion of that money can be dialed in to come back to the creator. So I, I'm just interested, how how have you set that up for Deadfellas? Is that something that's publicly public knowledge is that something that you know that you're transparent with the the community with and kind of how does that how did that work for you guys yeah so everything the good thing about this is everything is fully transparent because it's on the blockchain and you can easily just go to etherscan and you know look at the transactions and see where everything is going you can look at the smart contracts everything mm. is public knowledge um and that's the same across across the board there so we have our um royalty set at five percent so we'll we'll receive five percent of all the sales that that go on mm -hmm. and that funds everything that we do so you know we buy metaverse land we've grown our team to nearly 30 people now we have um animators and narrative designers mm -hmm. and um you know developers mm -hmm. and moderators and all of these things these people work on our team now so we pay them um we're in development across so many different things. And the cool thing about it is that we don't have to, like you said before, we don't have to ask permission from anyone. We don't have to, you know, there's no pitching, there's no um, grants. or We're just doing what we want to do for the it's community. So good. It's, it's like, it's such a yeah. It's like it's you're great. a genius, Betty. It's like there's just a, such a clever model. Right? <laughs> and I'm, no, there's so many things so you just I'm like, stop, stop. There's sort of like, there's like, you just glide past things that like that are just normal to you, and it's like you've built out this team of thirty. And the the great thing is like, so you've got five percent royalties that are coming in that helps build that team. So you're you're creating yeah. jobs, which is great, great creative creative jobs, which is great for the creative industry. And then you know, as this grows as a brand you're able to do partnerships, you're able to, you know, so there'll be other ways of bringing revenue in to feed that team, to, but also to feed the community. So it's like, it's like win-win for everyone. And the, I suppose the community also have that saying and that input into, they feel like they're part of it so they can help generate what the next things you do in your roadmap, et cetera. Mm. But I'm going to stop you back on, you said, <laughs> you know, we're now buying space in Metaverse, so Decentraland, I think you've you've bought some land in uh, Decentraland. Talk us through that, talk us through what, what are your plans in Decentraland and kind of, yeah, just like what, what's happening in there. And again, you might need to explain it for people that don't, even, that yeah. don't know what Decentraland is. And I, I was one it's, of those people a few months ago, so it's like we're, we've all been there. Yeah, so the metaverse and the idea of the metaverse and Web3 overall is different depending on who you talk to because we're building it, you know, like it isn't a fully formed concrete idea that anyone can truly define just yet. Um, so we're, everyone is actively building it right now, but um, how I would describe the metaverse, I guess, it is like we're already in the metaverse. You know, we live in these digital worlds. It's almost yeah. like turning that into a bit of a video game and it's interoperable and you you can, you know, freely go through these different worlds um, in the, the digital realm um, with just your wallet and um, have control over your identity. And th so there's, there's a lot of cool things to dive into there. Now, these different worlds that are being built in the metaverse, um, are, there's so many different ones. So there's Decentraland, um, which so they all look different, they all feel different, and they all have different capabilities. So 
our first purchase for the metaverse was Decentraland because it provided an opportunity for us to be able to build something that we wanted right away. So we wanted like a playable video game type world that where we could have events and we could have, um, you know, concerts and stream movies and code games and all sorts of things like that in there. Um, mm-hmm. So we got right to work right away. We got um, a large plot and um, and a team of developers and developed um, like a small city um, with all kinds of amazing things. So we have like a mansion in there. We have a fully functioning club. Um, we've hosted <laughs> Steve Aoki for a, a time. Are you hearing yourself right now? <laughs> Betty, are you? I am. (laughs) I am, yeah. So Halloween, we had Steve Aoki play there for our holders. And it was just really fun and amazing. But there's so many different ones. So we've also bought in the Sandbox, which is, um, you know, more more voxel-based. It's a bit more um, retro-looking and has different capabilities again. And then we've also bought in uh, World Wide Web um, 3, which is like a um, pixel-based metaverse. So... There's just lots of different things that we're doing. Our aim is for people that hold dead fellas to kind of be able to travel through all of those worlds um, with with their digital identity. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's I think that's where we're heading, isn't it? Like from my understanding, and you know, um, you know, I'm always an early adopter of things and about things. And I, I suppose what I'm thinking in terms of metaverses, I think all of these things are going to connect up, aren't they? And in, in, the, in the way that you, at the moment, you connect your MetaMask account to a website. You know, it's taking that sort of centralized core of your wallet and what you own, but being able to transport it to different places. So, like, at the moment, if you play Fortnite, your skins are stuck in Fortnite. But, like, you know, I think very soon we're going to be able to then wear our dead fella's head in Fortnite and so on and so forth and move these digital assets around. Is that is that the kind of same understanding? Correct, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that's what we're focused on building. So we've got teams at the moment that are developing um pixel versions of all of our um the entire collection and um completely fully rigged 3d animated versions that are you know reactive to facial expressions even so that people can stream Mm. as their fella and um i think that the focus for us is creating a situation where holders can form their digital identity around their nft if they choose to um so in that we don't we don't fully um hold all of the ip of what we've created which is a completely new thing i guess Mm. in this industry in general um that we've we've seen a shift so for holders of dead fellas they have non-exclusive rights um to the ip of their their actual token so the image that they have bought as an nft they can use that however they like, um, and we we have we have you know the rights for the, the brand and the name they, and the logo. So can they can they merchandise their their their, yeah. their dead fella? Yeah, they could they could do t-shirts. They could you know whatever they want to turn it into. They can do whatever they want, and um, where the rebuttal would be, I guess, is well, how do you benefit from that? It brings value to the original collection, mm. so. And I think that the Unless attitude they make of, terrible t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, but then I guess it's still value to the original collection because yeah, right. you were, then you look at our t-shirts and <laughs> think, wow. Um, exactly, but, yeah, yeah, good point, good point. <laughs> it's, um, 
it's a funny thing to let go of a bit of that control, um, but mm-hmm. it's very liberating and it's very fun and it's like um, just a cool shift, I think, in in general in terms of ownership and identity, that Web 2 thing where you have to give all of your information to someone and they still own all of that stuff. Um, it's nice to be part of the shift away from that. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And that's a, that's a nice approach that you've got. And I think there, as you say, it, it helps to feel like, well, as the community, you're, you're also reaping the benefit of it as well. And you've got an opportunity if you feel entrepreneurial enough, if you feel that you want to, to build and grow, um, it means you're going to have 10,000 people helping build it rather than just your team of 30, which is, is, is going to be way more powerful. Um, yeah. Now, you buy property on Decentraland, when you buy property on Sandbox, etc. What what does a piece of property cost? What like can you can you are you can you buy the smallest pieces, the biggest piece of life? What what did you buy, if you don't mind me asking? Um <laughs> it's just it's such a new concept for everyone, right? So people yeah, people will be listening and going, What? They bought a they bought a what? So crazy. Um so a friend of mine, um, Nicole, she tweeted today, um, they invented the metaverse so that millennials could afford property. <laughs> Which is that's, so, that's so true, true because I yeah. I never believed I would ever own anything at all you know um I'm 31 and I was that wasn't even in my head anymore um and but I I do have a house now which is great but um um before I had a house though I did buy land in the metaverse and yeah so it's it is it depends it depends what you buy you know you can buy a small amount of land or you can buy a lot of land so like with the the land we bought today we got uh, in World Wide Web 3, that was about 63 Ethereum, which I think is like maybe $180,000. <laughs> it's it's a lot what of, it is. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's a lot a lot of money. Um, but, of course, that is a different situation to what uh, an individual would, would want to buy yeah, of course, um, yeah. because we have we have different needs and, and we're in a, a different space. So, um, yeah, but, I mean, it's there. It's fun. I wouldn't say you have to buy metaverse land if you want to explore the metaverse because it's, it's going to be there for everyone to kind of jump in. Like you can go into Decentraland, anyone can as a guest right now and just have a yeah. look around. Yeah, I've, I've tinkered, I've been in there, I've been in there. I actually did a, an all agency owner um, networking event in VR last night or yesterday. So it was it was actually in Rec Room on Oculus, but it just it kind of gave me a glimpse into kind of what the, the future might be. And you know, I think the thing holds often holds a lot of these things back is is the the adoption of the tech, adoption of the you know the the, the language and the you know um and you know for, for kind of VR and kind of where Zuckerberg's heading with his metaverse, it kind of relies on you know, everyone almost having an Oculus and been able to afford one of these things. Um, and, you know, I, I think they, they they actually sell them at a loss. They, you know, I think they're about 300 pounds, but they 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 cost a lot more and Facebook are, are making a loss on these. And, you know, how, how soon do you think that, you know, we're still in the Wild West, we're still in the early days here, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm talking to you now because I'm an, I'm an early adopter. Like, I'm, uh, you know, I buy every new gadget first and every new <laughs> thing, I, you know, I, I throw myself at it. Um, but, like, how long do you think build kind of normal sort of, you know, the Joe Public until they're, you know, you know, you think, you think you're really, really early here or do you think that we're sort of getting bigger momentum? I still... it there's different areas that I think are at different stages. So I, I think that we're really early um, and 
I know this because of the, you know, things like the Twitter campaign that got released today where it was like talking about the rollout. We're coming on to that. <laughs> yeah, NFT verification, but there was a lot of yeah. backlash and you see that because it's a, it's a new thing. And when there is a new industry, there's a lot of issues that come with those industries. And, you know, we've got a lot of kinks to work out. Nothing is perfect. And I'm definitely not going to sit here and say that um, the NFT industry and Web3 is, you know, the holy grail. It's not. There's things wrong with it. And, and but we need to work together to, to sort those things out. Um, I think that metaverse adoption as a, as a completely widespread thing is, is years away. But I think that the pool of people that are involved in this space that are wanting to play these games on chain and um, explore maybe these insular metaverses, because it's not, they're not true, they're not open metaverse, you know, it's like a, it is sort of centralized. And so the user base for those areas will be growing exponentially in the next few years. So it's it's a funny question because NFTs as yeah. well, NFTs in general, I think is it's on its way for mass adoption with all of the brands entering and Yeah, I mean it yeah. all converges, doesn't it? And I, I mean I, I think the biggest mm. next step forward as soon as someone can nail the augmented reality glasses or contact lens, whatever that may be, I think, you know, I, I almost feel like that's when you know, it'll be much more widespread because I think when you when you put a VR headset on, right, it's fun for a wee while, but you're kind of locking yourself. It can feel like you're locking away from, from society, you know, in your time. Although you're going in there to meet people. But I think what's nice about the augmented version we're going to see is that you can imagine you could almost turn on Decentraland mode where you're in augmented reality. <laughs> Stay with me here, listeners. Uh, <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like we should be smoking a joint here. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but like you know, like you can almost turn on Decentraland, like it's almost like the next involvement of it that will come off of the computer screen, come off of VR, and like suddenly, you know, you can put on your dead fella's head, you know, augmented into the real world, you know, where, you know, where there'll be different augmented digital versions, so everyone's might look slightly different. If that makes sense, or if I smoked too many joints when I was no. <laughs> no, I no, I agree. I think yeah, I think that. Um, something that we should be aiming for is um encouraging that that real world experience with it as well because i don't i don't want people to live in um you know the digital world and forget about the beauty of the rest of the world you know (laughs) i i don't i don't think that that's going to be beneficial but i think that we can definitely add to our real life experience with all of this stuff Mm. Mm. And you know, you touched on it earlier when you when you introduced yourself, and you know, you talked about your story. It's like art is just the beginning of this kind of where we're headed, and you know, everything that's happening. And you know, I don't know if you've seen that. You know, obviously Gary Vaynerchuk's a big sort of um, NFT um, ambassador. He's you know, he's in that space, and he did his V Friends thing, and then he's just launched an NFT restaurant um, or a restaurant an exclusive restaurant in New York where you can only get access by having a, an NFT token. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's clever. And I think I see, I see that, um, 
you know, a lot of other businesses, a lot of other industries adopting it um, in terms of like, you know, we've got a lot of whiskey brands uh, um, in our studio at Made Brave. And, um, one of the biggest problems is in the whiskey industry is the secondary market, people selling counterfeit whiskies. And, you know, an easy change to that is, well, selling NFT with a bottle of whiskey. And if you're selling it again, the NFT has to come with it. So if you don't have the ownership of the NFT, well, clearly, you know, they're, they're, you know and I can see how a lot of innovation could start to come in different industries. Have you got any ideas or kind of things that you've seen, you know, projects popping up out with the art space where people are using it cleverly or, or doing things that, that kind of, you know, took you by surprise or um, inspired you? Yeah, there's so many applications. I think that um, it's hard to conceive because it's it's all so new. So it takes really like, <laughs> like you were saying, that smoke in a giant, like it almost takes <laughs> sitting and really just letting yourself really open creatively to think about those things because so there's people up north here in Australia um, that have done a project and it's I can't remember the name of it now which is annoying but it's they've um, they've used it so they've split up uh, I think it's part of the Dane tree into um, say like kilometer squared sections and each NFT mm -hmm. represents this kilometer squared and then um, as you purchase this NFT it funds the maintenance of that um, little patch so it's working for conservation um to protect this this area um so to speak it's, yeah. it is amazing um and then there's mm. what else um i was just thinking the other day about how um because i got i got resumes um sent to me with nfts on them and i, I thought oh mm. um but it makes sense in some settings to have that and then mm -hmm. i thought well NFTs and resumes, like how could that work? You could have your university degree sent to you as an NFT and then, you know, you have this authenticated certificate that you can, you know, do what you want with. It's non-transferable. It's yours. We could do that with mm. a lot of different things. There's murky waters there because of anonymity and, um, you know, identity and safety with being on the blockchain. Mm. Um, but those are kinks to work through. There's there's lots of different things. Property I see as a very um, mm -hmm. a very good opportunity for that. Um, I wish I could have bought my house with Ethereum, and <laughs> and, had it, and had it you know be. Well, you've no sure you've no shortage of Ethereum now, so you can yeah. You know, but... If we can if we can make we can persuade a property company to accept Ethereum, then yeah. we're, we're all good. <laughs> I, I hope. Uh, but yeah, legal documents like deeds and wills. Um, mm could be nfts there's there's so many things i'm less likely to lean into the more exclusive access type thing like the restaurant because um it's that's just not my vibe but i think it's a really great idea and it's a cool application to see um you know you can buy i don't know festival tickets as nfts and then it makes the secondary market like you said with the whiskey so much yeah, more yeah, trustworthy yeah. it's a you don't need to trust the source it's all authenticated on the blockchain so yeah the more the more you talk about it the more you listen it's going to be everywhere and everything isn't it it's literally yeah. it will authenticate anything you have bought physically because our whole world is digital now everything we do everywhere we flex is digitally and even yeah. more so because of the pandemic and you know and i think we've just seen fast forward and that's probably why your nft projects is like why you thought about it in january and by you know september you're you know you've got this thing launched it's because we've we've gone through this like 10 years 
fast forward of digital transformation where the mm. digital world is now so much more valuable for how you have to communicate, how you have to prove your worth in today's world um, because you're, you're just not allowed to go out and physically meet people or do things. So, yeah, I think it's, you're right. It's like, with going back to your CV thing, I saw actually on your LinkedIn, I think it popped up, you know, the, the post where you'd spoken about this and, you know, some people very against it, some people very for it. But I, I, I think, you know, I think to, to what you were saying, it's like, I agree. I think you will get that authentication um, eventually for your degree and authentication for other things that you have done, whether it's courses, whether it's things you have achieved. And almost like for your resume, you will create, collate, you know, the appropriate NFTs to show that person to prove, yeah. you know, because because at the moment you could say you could put on your CV, I've got a degree in digital art, and does anyone go and check? You know, like does does yeah. I've never you know gone and checked that, you know, and you don't ask people for a certificate per se. So yeah, there's a yeah something interesting. There I think again. Uh, you know supply chains and everything like ethical manufacturing is complete. It's it could be completely transparent across everywhere. There would be nowhere to hide for the corporations mm. that are currently, um, mm. you know, benefiting off exploitation. So I think that that is where a lot of yes. the backlash is kind of uh, fueled from because it does present a real threat to people that have benefited from lack of transparency, mm. I guess. That's so powerful. I hadn't thought about that. And that's, you know, as a company, we're becoming a B Corp and a big part of becoming a B Corp is about transparency and supply chains and how you do things. And you're so right. That helps, that helps weed out anyone that that's greenwashing or doing things that, you know, the supply chain isn't quite what they say or how they market themselves as this, mm. this proves that. So it's, yeah, it's going to make a lot of people unhappy, but it's, you know, ultimately I think, you know, what you're hinting at is it makes a better world, doesn't it? Well, I think it does. Yeah. And I think that, you know, where the environmental impact is something mm. that a lot of people talk about, but not many people will bring into discussion the the way that that's being combated. So I know we talk about ETH2, which is um, kind of another layer that's um, yeah. less, you know, carbon emissions and that sort of thing. But um, a lot of NFT collections at the moment are offsetting their carbon emissions, which isn't a perfect um, solution by any yeah. means, but it is a good solution. So that's what we've been doing too. Um, and, you know, when mm -hmm. you think about traditional banking – and the amount of emissions that that takes, that's, that's, I don't think I've ever heard about that being um, spoken about, to be honest. Um, but it's yeah. huge. And, yeah, and, and, and if you talk about the, the fact that this technology suddenly changes the corruption or the social corruption that you have in terms of, you know, um, your supply chain issue, you're solving them bigger issues while this, this other sustainable issue get solved because you know i think if there's enough heads on it and enough people the technology should evolve very quickly to to, to combat it. that um and i think you know you're right if you're in that space at the moment i think you should be looking at you know what can we do in their power just now to make it the best that we can and then collectively the community the whole web free community need to be working towards that that goal of of making it much more sustainable but i see i see it happening i see i see the technology moving and i see people working towards that so i think it's as you say, we're in the very, very early days. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be exciting to see where that goes. It is, yeah. I'm really excited about that. So, I'm conscious of your time because I'm go I could talk to you for three days here. Um, <laughs> I could talk for three days, sure. believe me. <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure you told me at the beginning uh, before we came on air. It's nine o'clock uh, over in Australia. You have a young family, um, which uh, amazing for you both, um, having juggled all of this in a pandemic with three young kids. Uh, while running a business that's scaling that um, at speed of knots, um, yeah. So um, no, well, well, well done on all that. So I'm not, I'm not going to keep you much longer. What I'm going to ask though is, look, I've got immediate fear of missing out, and how do I get my dead fellas? I'm, is the only option now to to buy on secondary markets like OpenSea, or like how could someone join your community? Someone that's listening that says, "I want a dead fellas," and and specifically yes, by someone listening, I mean me. <laughs> uh yeah so you can only get them on the secondary markets right now um so that is currently uh open and uh we have uh nifty gateway so if you don't mm. have a crypto wallet metamask or anything set up and you want to buy something right away you can go on mm. nifty gateway and you can buy with fiat with a credit card um and then later down the line if you create um a wallet for Ethereum with with MetaMask or or whatever you decide, then you can kind of bridge that over to to ETH that way, which is a whole different thing. But that's an easy way to do it if you're not if you're a newcomer to the space. Um, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, just OpenSea. Yeah. OpenSea. Okay. And it's, it's, a, it's a, that's a closed collection now, so it's only that's the only way in now. Is that ten thousand that have been minted originally? We have ten thousand on that collection, and then we have um, a collection that we created. It was like a capsule type collection for Halloween. Um, that's I think it's about one hundred and eighty six or something like that. Um, and then we have a very small um, art collection on Nifty Gateway called Betty Pop Horror, and that was like a take on. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of pop culture horror movies um and then we have a we have dead friends coming out um very shortly and that is like a companion collection to the original collection uh with added mm-hmm. utility and um but that will they're they're pfp ready as well so you'll be able to buy those um on the secondary market and they'll be well i can't speak to how affordable they'll be but they'll perhaps be cheaper than the, than the original yeah, ones are currently so maybe an easier yeah, entry the, the original ones don't look very affordable i think i looked at this morning the floor price <laughs> it's what 2.6 ethereum 2.7 ethereum yeah or something? i think is it that? might be yeah 2.7 or 8 or something now yeah and what is one ethereum at the moment i've not got my coinbase oh gosh there. i didn't even do you know what some days i don't check because i it i just <laughs> kind of i don't i just i just work on like one eighth is one eighth <laughs> I'm bringing it up here. Let me see. Let's just let's just have a look. This will be interesting <laughs> because you can look back in then ten years and you go, oh, look how much one Ethereum was then. The one Ethereum in UK pounds, which is what my app is, is two thousand and ninety nine pounds. So buy yeah. one dead fellas, two point seven times that. My maths is not so good, so I'll let mine is neither. So. <laughs> Dear so you probably need, most people probably need to sell their car <laughs> to go and, yeah. to go and buy one. <laughs> Yeah. Great. Well, Betty, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure um, to listen to you. I've been so inspired by your story, and thanks for sharing with us and letting everyone know. Um, um, you know, um, yeah. For, for for anyone listening, go check out Betty and check out Dead Fellas. Um, Betty, do you have any leaving thoughts? Any last things you'd like to say um, just before we wrap up? Um, not really. I just thank you for having me on the show. It was really fun to chat to you. And um, uh, just to anyone listening that's maybe thinking about entering the space, um, just to do it because it's a really fun and encouraging and inspiring place to be. And there's lots of amazing connections to be made and lots of good experiences to be had. Um, 
and yeah, it's nice to be part of, I guess, a solution in a world where a lot of things seem to be falling apart. Um, this kind of feels like a, a space where we're actively building to solve some of those problems. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Betty. Wonderful. Thanks, everyone. And see you soon. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Andrew here. And thanks so much for listening. As we said at the start, we hope to inspire creativity and bravery in you. So if this podcast has helped you in any way or if it's inspired you to do something brave, we want to hear about it. Drop us an email at hello at justachatwith.com and who knows, maybe we'll feature you on a future episode. If you want to support the podcast, please rate, subscribe and write us a review and help us get the word out. Thanks and we'll see you next time.